Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane here, and I wanted to jump in and say hello real quick before we get started. Because in today's episode, we are doing something particularly special. So I had the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend and one of my favorite people, Rami Wheely. She is a graduate of the Inspired Love Program and a past student of mine. And in today's episode, she is sharing the real, raw, and vulnerable story of how she went from being a twice-divorced single mom of four kids to creating a life filled with epic love. I want you to know that Rami is really a true living example and a testament of what is possible when you really throw yourself into the work. I mean, she is living the work. She is filled with love. It is pouring out of her. She is attracting amazing men into her life. And right now she is building an incredible relationship with a particularly amazing man. So I was so inspired by her story and the realness and the honesty and the vulnerability that she shares here. I mean, she really goes deep. She shares a lot of things that most people would not even touch on. And she really speaks into the the truth of the journey and all the stages in it and what she really had to uncover in herself to be able to manifest the life and the love that she has right now. So her story is truly inspiring. It is truly beautiful. And I know you're going to get a lot out of it. One other thing I want to offer you before we get started is that if you are inspired by Rami's story and you want to consider the Inspired Love program for yourself, right now, between now and December 31st, we're going to offer a holiday special, $1,000 off the cost of tuition. Now, if you know me, I don't often do things like this, but I want to really take the opportunity. If you are inspired by Rami's story and you want to take that action, I want to make it worth your while. And I would love to have you jump in now before the new year so you can really start the new year off on the right foot, filled with love and moving in the right direction. So if you want to get started, I'm going to leave the link below this podcast in the description. So wherever you're listening to this right now, if you look below, you should see the description and the link will be right in there for you to get started. Book a call with our team, find out about the program, find out if it's right for you. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. Again, I'm just, I've been so touched and so inspired by Rami's story and I'm so excited to share it with you. So thanks for being on and let's jump in. Now, in today's episode, we're doing something uh, a little bit special. I'm interviewing a a dear friend and uh, past student of mine, Rami Wheely. And Rami is just a phenomenal lady. She's just a big, huge, bright light in the world. She has amazing energy, a beautiful soul. And um, she's a recent graduate of the Inspired Love Program. She's also building an amazing relationship with an amazing guy right now. I've had the opportunity to see Rami go through, you know, some ups and downs with different guys and help her kind of navigate these situations. And and so uh, it's really great to have her here today. And she's going to share her story of everything she's been through to get to where she is now and be building this amazing relationship that she's building. So thank you so much for being here, Rami. Hi, thank you so much for the amazing introduction. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's true. It's 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 all mm-hmm. true. You, know, you are Thank you. you are someone who I've really seen go through the journey, do the work. You know, mm-hmm. really throw yourself into it, put your heart into it, and get the results. Right? Like you're, you know, you yeah. 
And, and, and I want to say, we'll get into your story and how all this happened, but you're, you've not only manifested one amazing relationship, you've actually manifested several, right? That's very and, true. Yeah. It just keeps getting awesome. better and better. Yeah. And I, I've seen you kind yeah. of be in this process of, okay, now I'm attracting amazing men into my life. Um, and now it's about like really sorting out what you truly want. It's, it's not, you know, just, okay, here's a great guy, but it's like, who do I really want to be with? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great stage to be in, in contrast to where I came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great to see you there. It really is. Yeah. So let's start. I mean, I definitely want to get into your story and have you kind of break it down for us, everything you had to go through to to get to where you are. Huh. But uh -huh. let's just start with maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Uh -huh. Stuff like that. Uh -huh. um, so I, I grew up in um, North Carolina and then lived in Illinois for my middle school years and high school. Um, and now I live in Valparaiso, Indiana. It's just like a smaller Northwest Indiana town outside of Chicago, about an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, I have been married twice. Um, of course, I didn't ever want to be divorced, but certainly not twice. But that is my 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 marriage history anyway. And um, I have four kids. I have two daughters from my first husband and then two sons from um, my previous husband. And I would say like I've always been um, I've just always been a huge romantic my whole life um, and always relationships in general were always really important to me. And I have, I've always just wanted a really strong, healthy, you know, committed partnership. It's always something I wanted. And um, I've just, I've, I've really struggled in that department like my whole life, but um, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah. So, and, and I just want to point out for, for the listeners, you know, a couple of things that, because I, I deal with this all the time and people come to me and they're like, these are my circumstances and this is why it can't happen for me. And this is why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I just point out a few things you said, you know, you live in a small town out, you know, mm -hmm. in Chicago, you're yeah. divorced twice, mother mm -hmm. of four kids. And yeah. I, I say all of that because these are the largely a lot of the things that like people are like, this is why it can't happen for me. And yet mm -hmm. you are a living representation of the fact that that, hasn't held you back so maybe i could just ask you a little bit about that like what is your relationship with all of that such that it hasn't held you back where so many people are held back by those kinds of mm -hmm. things i think um like i said i've always been a romantic there's no matter what i've been through like for some reason i have just believed that it could happen for me like there was just this deep belief that um like love was possible for me. And, you know, and I still feel that way. I still like, despite the fact that, for example, I've been cheated on, um, you know, in, in substantial relationships. Um, and, but I'm not, I don't, um, I still trust, you know, um, for some reason, I, uh, I also want to be married again, um, even though I've had two failed marriages and there's, so there's always been sort of this belief that's possible. And I think another reason for that is that, I have so much love to give and I've always been under the belief that if I can love this much, like if I can um, desire, you know, to give my love to somebody to that degree that there has to be somebody out there that can reciprocate that, you know, I've just, there was just something that has been pulling me in that way. So I think that even though I have had different things that I could have used as an excuse for 
you know, while, and, and I did, I will say after my first marriage, I was scared. I thought, why in the world would somebody, you know, want me, even though I was only 26, I was still young. Now I'm, I'm going to be 46. So that's another thing that I would say I'll be 46 in February that I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm too old. Or it's, if it hasn't happened by now, it'll never happen, you know? And it's just, it's not true, you know, but after my first divorce, I was thinking, you know, who's going to want me when there are plenty of 26 year olds out there that are, you know, sans children and have not been divorced or have that hanging over their head. Why, why would a guy want to be with me? You know? And so that is something that I had to work through at that time, um, that fear and that anxiety that I wasn't desirable because of those things, but it didn't end up being true at all. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Like, where did this journey start for you? Was it after your first divorce or where would you say like your kind of start uh-huh. was on this journey to love? Yeah, I really think that it started when I was really, really young. Um, you know, I, I've always been attracted to personal development and I've always wanted to grow and change and be better. And so that's always kind of color, colored my world. Um, and I say I've always been a romantic, but because of the more recent work that I've done on myself, I I can see now that this started when I was like, from the time I was small, like not wanting to belong, you know, wanting to fit in, wanting to be lovable and trying to um, hide myself, you know, or hide the parts of myself that I just didn't feel like fit the bill and sort of shape shift into whatever, you know, whoever I wanted to love me, whatever it is that they wanted, like I would just try to become that. And that, um, that ended up being something that I have had to recognize within myself and heal, but it's sort of been my downfall in my relationships, um, throughout my life. So it really kind of started there, I would say. Um, but after my second divorce, that's when I really had to look at my, look at myself, look at my life and just say like, I, something's really wrong here. You know, as much as I want this in my life and I've always wanted it and I, and I do do personal work on myself and I've tried so many things. I, you know, all the things people tell you to do. And I'd read tons of books, listened to tons of podcasts, like done so many things. And I just felt stuck. I just felt like I can't get there and I don't know why. And then just, I feel just miserable. I feel lost. I feel um, like just trapped somehow blocked and I can't remove the block. I I, I couldn't identify what it was. And um, I knew that I, ne- I needed some kind of outside guidance. You know, it wasn't, I'm a smart girl. Like it's not for lack of, you know, academic intelligence or anything like that. I just, it was just felt like outside of my grasp. I want to ask you, you mentioned that there was this theme of like you kind of bending yourself into whoever the person you were dating or, or married to wanted uh-huh. you to be. And, and you said that started very young. Uh-huh. Could you give us like an example or, or like when you say that started very young, like what do you mean by that? Like how did that uh-huh. start? It started, I, you know, I think it's a, more in my mom's line. Um, my grandma she is very image conscious and you know they had uh these big store department stores in uh salina kansas it's like in the middle right in the middle of north america um and you know everything was about what you looked like in the community you know like down to like 
her hair had to be perfect. Her outfits had to be perfect, you know, like the way she greeted customers or what the way she was seen. And, you know, she sort of passed that down to my mom, you know, and my mom kind of was infected with this. And I love my mom more than anything in the whole wide world. But I know that, you know, she kind of felt that pressure too. I remember going to my grandma's house, you know, and right before we get there, you know, we'd be in the van, like maybe like a mile away. And she, my mom would be like, brush your hair, you know, you need to, to brush your hair and, you know, look a certain way. Like when we greet my grandma, I mean, it's my grandma who, you know, why should it matter? You know, but I got this message that, you know, if you, you know, or my mom would say, you know, be, you know, you have to be this certain way in these different environments. And these are the expectations. And if you behave, then you'll be invited back, you know, or, this is the proper way to be accepted. This is going to be the way people are going to like you and accept you. And I got the message deep down looking back that like, you know, having my hair frizzy, that wouldn't be acceptable or lovable. <laughs> For example, like my grandma would love me if my hair was messy, you know? So, or, you know, if I, if I was loud or, you know, um, or I spoke, you know, when in, in certain circumstances or something like that, that was inappropriate or, that it wouldn't be well received. And so I just didn't feel like I could just like being me was something that I needed to make smaller um, or hide away. And, and I should um, people pleasing it really kind of, so image consciousness, that was one pattern and also like making sure everybody else is okay. And I think that this is maybe something I see, you know, with a lot of women um, that I know is, you know, make sure everyone else's needs are met first, mm -hmm. you know, and, if, and maybe then get to yours, <laughs> you know, like maybe never, you know, but it doesn't matter. It, it only matters that the people, if you can make everybody else happy and comfortable, then they will want to be around you. They'll like you. And so then you'll be lovable. Right. And, you know, some of what you're describing, I mean, I think like when we think of trauma, it's it, this is usually the kind of stuff that we don't think about, right? Of uh -huh. you know, brush your hair before you go to your grandma's house. Yeah. And you know, it's and these are things that I think we all go through to some extent, and maybe some more uh -huh. than others. But th these are so like in our in all of our childhoods, we have this kind of pressure to be a certain way and don't do this or do this. And yeah. and what's really interesting, what you're pointing to here is like it it actually creates a blueprint for you around relationships, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I get love? What do yeah. I do to make people like me? What what do I do to fit in? What do I do to get accepted? What do I do to be loved? What do I do to be safe? Mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. the whole kind of blueprint around it was that I've got to, for lack of a better word, like abandon myself mm -hmm. to everyone else and just, just make sure, like you said, make sure everyone's happy. Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that and make sure I look good, make sure my image is presented well. Yeah. So given that this was kind of your blueprint, right? This was the starting place. And then, you know, you go through, I'm sure high school and middle school. I don't, I don't know if you have any experiences you want to share there, but I know uh -huh. like into your marriages, this was a big theme that you kind of carried with you. So can you tell yeah. us how did that show up? Um, so junior high was like, I would say my hell on earth. It was the worst time for me and the hardest time. And I, I want to say really quickly that when you said, you know, there are these tiny, like micro traumas, maybe there are things that you, they're very subtle, but they're so impactful. 
that, and you don't even, you don't recognize it at the time. And as an adult, when I was looking back and really after my second divorce, like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Let's look back. Let's look at the patterns. Like, where am I going wrong? What's happening? And, and, you know, especially I've done different therapy, you know, and, and, and many times they're like, okay, let's go back to your childhood and your, your relationships with your parents and things like that. And I couldn't, my great parents, they're awesome. They're loving, they're supportive. Um, I can see those little things now like that, that were unintentional, but they left a mark, you know, they, they sent a message to me that, um, that I, I, I wouldn't have looked back and thought, oh, that was really traumatic, you know, and and then that it's almost worse because you don't have anything to point to, to say, oh, that's why I'm a mess. (laughs) Like, you're like, oh, you had really great parents and you can't hold down a husband. Like, Like, what's what's wrong wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can't even, like, that makes no sense. You had a great upbringing and that really tortured me. But one thing that I, I, where I can kind of string it all together was, um, you know, I moved from like a poor community in North Carolina where I grew up until I was about 10. And then we moved to a very affluent suburb of Chicago. My dad got a job there. And so I I very distinctly remember not fitting in at all. Like when it came to, you know, clothes and exterior, you know, status symbols of like, I didn't have the kids shoes or the Esprit bags. If you're like my age and a girl, you'll know those were very important, Um, you know, but and I felt very outcasted because of it. And like the way I looked became an obsession, like to try to just, just get to school, like go to school and just at least just fly under the radar. Like maybe no one will even notice me. That would be better. Um, and I, I had, I was just a nervous wreck. I, and so I developed a lot of like, um, difficult things like, um, over compulsive disorder when it came to like applying makeup. You know, my, I felt like my face had to be perfect or um, it, it eventually manifested itself after my like second divorce into an eating disorder that I overcame bulimia. And um, so a lot of these things, they're all related to feeling like in order to be loved, I had to be whatever I thought was beautiful at that time, you know, and to, to be able to have anybody notice me um, or, or care. So my junior high years were, were really tough, but then the thing was, I kind of, I figured out the, the beauty pattern or whatever, and I kind of like broke the code. And then the irony is like, then I was getting a lot of attention, you know, from guys. And, you know, I went from being like super, super shy and invisible and like even skipping like eighth grade, we had like a roller skating party and I asked for additional homework for my teachers to, it was like the, the event of the year. And I, I skipped the event of the year and I, because just, it was just too much social anxiety to try to think, oh my gosh, I have to try to like avoid someone pointing something out at me or like making fun of me or something. So I'd rather just do homework and, and, and skip this awesome event that everyone else was so excited about all year. And I stayed in the classroom and did homework. So, but I went from that to, um, high school where I had kind of cracked this beauty code it's so shallow but (laughs) and then all you know older guys were giving me attention and the upperclassmen and and then the girls in my grade were like who's this girl like (laughs) where'd she come from you know and so I got this interesting message that still somewhat plagues me which is I was I'm the same person the whole time Mm -hmm. you know um and it sort of just reinforced this like this person that I actually am isn't good enough 
but the mask I created, like I desperately need to hold on to this mask because the mask is working in some way. The mask is getting me that love and that attention in a way, but it was also heartbreaking because I knew it was, it wasn't real. Like I felt like it wasn't real because I wasn't being myself. I wasn't, they weren't loving me. They were loving what I was creating for them. Yeah. And I want to, I want to just kind of connect the dots here because everything you're sharing is so powerful. And, you know, so when you're young, you get like this blueprint of this is how you have to be in relationships. And then you move to this new community and like when you move there, the blueprint totally kicks in. And I, I think it's so important to kind of point that out because, you know, it, it's possible like another person with a different background in your situation, you know, might've moved to that city and been like, okay, I'm the one who's different. I'm going to be myself. Right. And yeah, that's, that's another way of relating with the situation, but mm-hmm. that way of relating was not available to you because of the blueprint you received. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like you said, to pull it together, I moved there and like, you know, everything, everything my mom's always told me, which is, you know, fit in, like whatever they're doing, whatever they expect of you do that thing. So, you know, like I saved my money and I went and bought guest jeans. I felt like oh, I got to have these <laughs> or whatever, whatever it was, but I came up obsessed because they were obsessed, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that was their blueprint from their parents, like who, you know, in that area, that what you have and what you look like is more important than anything else. That is how you reflect your value. And so I adopted that. And then when you finally crack the code and you're like, okay, it's finally working for me. It's almost, it would almost be better if that didn't happen. Right. Because it's like, yes all that reinforcement, all that positive reinforcement for doing something that is so hurtful to you as an individual, right? As my inner being, like my, my actual self, like my truest self, my most authentic self, it was like a betrayal, Mm -hmm. like a constant betrayal of that. And just never having anything real. Uh, It just, it caused all of my problems. Yeah. up through all my marriages, you know, and, um, it is really the source of all of it mm-hmm. because I had, it was exhausting to try to up, keep up this facade, the charade that I was living, you know, just to gain fake love. And, and you learned in a very real, like alive experiential way that the way to get love is to abandon myself is to like, yes. to honor my truth. And that's, uh, yeah. that's such a hard thing to undo, right? When you, when you mm-hmm. learn it so viscerally like that, you know? Yeah. And I, and to me, when I was younger and I hear, you know, my mom's kind words, but like, or my grandma saying, you know, the message that I, I didn't realize I had was, you know, if you are your real authentic self, like no one's going to like that. Like you aren't going to be loved for that. So I felt like, if I started to show up and be myself or abandon that. So anytime that's where I think like the eating disorder, like developed, for example, like I held so strong to that because I thought, Oh my gosh, if I lose this, I'm going to be back to, you know, eighth grade (laughs) where I'm avoiding the roller rink party because uh, no one's going to like me. Like I'm going to lose all the love that I have created in my life or what I, the closest thing to love that I'd ever experienced. So I cannot let that happen, you know? And it made me really sick. And in, in many ways, it made me cling on to things that like 
were the only way to learn to cope up to that point. Yeah. So how did this play out in your marriages? Um, I think in my marriages, how it played out was I didn't ask for what I needed or wanted. I didn't know how, I didn't even know what boundary setting was. That was something that I like had no clue about. Um, I, so I, I didn't, I did not do that. I didn't even think that was a thing that you should do. So that was even like an option. It was again, just if they're okay, if they're happy, then I would be happy. But of course, like then I'm at the whim of basically their whatever whatever ride they're on emotionally like they would take me with them and um so I just felt like all it was was proving myself constantly like proving and just shifting so it it um it was just like an exhausting exhausting thing that then also caused so much resentment you know and so what I learned looking back now is that I completely abandoned myself in both, um, which since I didn't say what I wanted or needed, but I still wanted and needed those things the whole time. And so then I, and then I ended up resenting them, mm-hmm. but it wasn't fair because it wasn't really fair to them because I never ever told them. So mm-hmm. how could they deliver on something that they didn't know about? Mm-hmm. And I, so I had carried a lot of resentment that just ate at me and ate at me and ate at me every single day. Um, I also created fantasies about who they were and what they could offer and what our relationship was. And so I can see now that that was really the only thing I could hold on to. What I actually was in relationship with wasn't who they were. Mm-hmm. I didn't accept them for who they were, which is another thing that I, where I see my own participation and the demise of the marriages is at some level, I think they knew, especially as the resentment went on and on that. I really didn't like them. I didn't like them as people. Like, so therefore, obviously, I wasn't going to be able to love them completely. But I was able to, at that time to twist it around and say, you know, and I think this is something I've learned as a like a people pleaser thing is I thought, oh, I'm just loving you and loving you and loving you and giving you everything. And I'm just doing everything I can. Why can't you just love me back? It's all your fault. Mm-hmm. It's all your fault. But really, I was like, manip- I was manipulating. I was like, if I do this thing for you or I deliver on whatever needs or expectations you want, then I get love in return. It was this transactional relationship that was, um, it was fake the whole time because I didn't, all all I wanted was to be loved. I just so desperately wanted to be loved and I needed them to validate my worth to me, to reflect it to me because um, that's another huge thing is like, I didn't obviously did not feel like that about myself. I felt like my true self was to be, you know, hidden away, um, and not shown and not good enough at all. Um, and so I realized I was, I was, I was participating in all of it, you know, um, that was one of the hugest slaps in my own face (laughs) that I got, uh, like really reflecting and getting real about it. But that's where things started to shift for me. You are really dropping some knowledge right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, and you know, it's it's so bold and like courageous what you're saying because it, it's so easy in that position, right? I'm doing everything. I'm loving all out. Like I'm the victim, yeah. right? Yeah. 
so easy to just stay in that and to actually Mm -hmm. know that you you set the whole thing up and and also Mm -hmm. i think it's important to say here you set the whole thing up but it wasn't really your fault because you were just playing out the blueprint you were given exactly i can see that now like and i i have a lot a lot of compassion for myself now um i didn't know what i was doing at the time um and and i just want to say with playing the victim role like the the one thing that about that that just makes it even more insidious is that you'll get all the like you know you tell your friends and your family and like i i feel badly now about speaking about my husband's the way that i did you know to my loved ones you know and at the time like i was just really really suffering and miserable and couldn't understand why things were occurring the way they were. And I was just trying so hard and I was overwhelmed and exhausted and just, it was awful. And, but, you know, so they're like, Oh, it just sort of reinforced like that I was innocent and all of it, Mm -hmm. but you can't like being a victim, obviously it's powerless. Like I, I would have, if I would have kept that up, I would have continued to play out that same situation over and over forever. Yeah. I I think it's just, it's so important to say here that like, given the blueprint you were given, you really couldn't have done this any other way. And, Mm -hmm. and like in recognizing that, like you did the healing work to learn how to do it another way. And I just think it's so important to say right here that like, if you have some kind of blueprint like this and they might, people may not have the exact same blueprint that you do, you know, theirs may Mm -hmm. have their own version of it. But if you have something like this going on and it's playing out in your relationships, it's not just going to disappear. It's not just going to like magically get better, right? Like you've got to jump in and, and do the work to figure out how to relate differently. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about like, what has that journey been for you? How did you learn to do this differently? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, you were a big part of that. Um, I remember the first thing I did out of my divorce was I, my second divorce, um, was I reached out to an ex-boyfriend. Uh, we started dating. It was long distance. Um, but he reminded me of, um, like what it felt like to be loved in a really sweet way. Um, and, and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, and I had forgotten what that really felt like just that true exchange of just tenderness and sweetness and generous love. Mm-hmm. Now the relationship itself obviously didn't work out um, and it didn't have a, you know, a lot of the aspects that I see now that I desire to have in a, a committed long-term partnership from, for me, but it did show me that. But what I started to see after it was just a lot of, and I, I was really, I got curious about myself. I would say that that's one thing I'm like, I know I need change. I know that what I'm doing isn't working here, that there's something wrong that needs to be repaired or, or I need to create awareness around. And so I started to just really notice in that relationship with this person who was really sweet and kind and um, like very safe in that way. Like I, I didn't, I I didn't doubt his love, Um, but I started seeing things like where I, I was very anxious, extremely anxious. Like if he didn't like text me right away or or if there was some time in between or if he can't, like we had a a date and I was so excited and he canceled for a good reason, you know, or something. But I, I, I took everything. It was, 
it, it scared me. I thought it, it, it just reinforced my own feelings at that time that I was just garbage, you know, that like nobody would want me, um, especially after two divorces now and now four kids, like, like this is not like a marketable look, or at least that's how I felt. And, um, and so I started to see that. And that's when I don't remember how I came across your podcast, but you just made sense to me, like all of the everything, everything you said, it made so much sense. And it also felt like uh, a lot deeper than, um, you know, other coaches out there that uh, speak on relationships and dynamics like that. Like, and I recognize like, this is deep. This isn't something I know what fake looks like. I'm really good at it, actually. And I could do this temporarily and I get results from it. But these aren't the results I'm looking for. I want I want something deep. I want something intimate. I want something vulnerable. I want something really, really safe. And I, I, I just I still had that like feel like there, it, this is possible. I just I need help, though. And so I reached out to you and, uh, we, you know, we did the coaching one on one coaching um, and the only reason I stopped for mom, single mom, kids, you know, <laughs> was money, but, uh, that really kind of helped me to, you, you gave me the sense that like, it's, it's okay to want things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first time where I thought, yeah, you know what, this long distance isn't that great. Like not seeing him once a week or once every week, week and a half with no end in sight no, that's actually not what I want. So I remember writing down like what I am looking for. And instead of just bending to whatever, oh, oh, you're available and you like me, like, okay, well, how could I make this work for you? <laughs> you know, it was the first time where I started thinking, oh, well, what do I actually want? And I really didn't know. And I also realized like, I don't even know what a healthy relationship is. Mm-hmm. I don't, what should I even want? I have no idea. I've never thought about what I want. I've only thought about what everyone else wants and tuned into that. I've never tuned into myself. Yeah. So what did you, what did you discover you wanted? Like, as you started really asking yourself that question, what showed up for you? I actually have a list that I found, but I won't read the whole list. It's front and back. I found this like weirdly, I found this yesterday. It's like just little notebook piece of paper that I, I, I don't even know when I wrote it, but the top of it says, what makes me feel loved and valued? Mm. And I think ultimately, like, I just wanted something that felt real, like really true and where I could be my complete self and feel accepted for that, like feel loved for that. And, um, and a reciprocation because Like I said, I've always had this feeling like, well, if I could have this devoted love, like inside of me that I want to give, like, it has to be possible that there's somebody out there that feels like me that can offer this to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted sort of, yeah, I think acceptance, I would say that just keeps coming to me. Like I just, because I haven't had it really ever, you know, like fully my whole life. And I thought, how great would it be to be accepted completely? That was my, that was my initial thought when you said that the the first thing you said about what you wanted is, you know, to be able to be like my full and complete self and, and Uh be accepted. And as soon as you said that, my thought was like, that is so revolutionary 
given where you came from, right? Okay. Like where there wasn't even a conversation about being yourself. It, there, it wasn't even an idea. Yeah. And then when yeah. you really like get connected to your heart and your truth and like, what do I really want? Like in my mm -hmm. soul, you know, mm -hmm. that's what comes out. It's not something you ever learned in your life. It's not something you ever had represented to you, but when you really connect to your truth, like that's what comes yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, one thing I really recognized that I would, I, when you say connect to your truth, it makes me think of it. I had, I had been so consumed with the shape-shifting technique for so long that I didn't even know who I was at all. Like I didn't trust myself at all. Like that is where I sort of started over again from um, like the worst I'd ever been in my life in a way after going through all of this in that way, like abandoning myself to such a degree that I like, I felt invisible even to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of work that I had to do was just to reflect and I remember like journaling every day like I, I made it a mission like I'm gonna write every day um that was that was the year right like when my husband moved out and you know we went through our time together when I was coaching with you I was doing that and that helped me so much to get to know myself and to be brave enough because it was hard even just to to reveal to myself what I wanted yeah like it was hard at first it I is felt like so... bad and guilty or like I was doing something wrong to even identify those things even out loud to myself it, it is so deep you know and I know exactly what you're talking about because I've I felt very much the same way in my life is to like to actually to actually say I want this and mm -hmm. you know and to have it to receive it right like there's almost like a yeah. like oh I I shouldn't do this. And mm -hmm. I think because we all have upbringings that are, I'd say similar to yours and they can vary incredibly. Right. But, mm -hmm. but I think the underlying impressions, so many of us just get those very same impressions. Right. Mm -hmm. And Because of that, like when we really start to step up and say, no, I want this, I deserve this and I'm going to have this. There's like a, a, a feeling of like, well, who do you think you are? And yes. How do you deserve that, right? Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It like it butts up right against your own degree of how worthy you feel. Yeah. So if you don't feel really, really worthy, it doesn't. You don't think you deserve it, or like, like how audacious of you to ask for this. Like, like you said, who do you think you are? Like, mm -hmm. you're not good enough to get this, or ha actually if you get it, you'll lose it. You know, like you can't, you can only keep it up by, again, like I felt like I had, like I had to be fake. Like I had to work for it, like work for everything, prove myself constantly, prove yeah. my worth instead of really feeling worthy. Um, and then I'm, I'm hoping we'll talk about it, but like, yeah, the inspired love program, which is your program that I did that I would, would I, that is the greatest gift that I got from that that turned everything around for me, like in a, in a way, in a huge way. And that was really feeling worthy for the very first time in my whole life. Yeah. Well, that was actually going to be my next question because from, from what you're saying, it sounds like this was really a journey into worthiness. Right. And yeah. And it is that for all of us, right. Really accepting. And I see you're even getting emotional, like talking about yeah. it. 
So just tell us a little bit about that. Like what was the journey to worthiness like for you? You know, I think um, you know, one of the things in the program that I just thought was so like such an epiphany for me that really helped me so much was how you take us through these pivotal experiences that we've had in our life or these life-defining moments that really just stick out to us. Um, and then not looking at it like the, what did you what story did I tell myself about myself because of the these factual events that occurred so these certain factual events occurred and then based on these events you told yourself a story about yourself mm -hmm. and that over time thinking about that again and again and believing that creates this identity within you and it just sort of like the way you described it and working through those not life defining events for myself, it just, it created such a distance, I would say with it, it kind of like, it took something that was like the event and my story was all like bundled up in like a rubber band ball. And then when you're like, let's separate these, let's separate the two and let's look at just the event and what happened and now let's look at your story and creating that distance created like a different relationship to mm -hmm. the event and the story and it created distance so now I could just appreciate like the story or sorry the event and what actually happened from yeah. this place of detachment like it wasn't me it's just something that happened and it also made so much sense like oh my gosh like well poor little me you know like instead of i felt like this compassion for myself like well, no wonder like and that that's not true what you what you chose to believe or what maybe someone said about you that you adopted or like that's not true you just put it on and you've been you've been wearing that ever since and so i was able then to then look at it and say, okay, is that working for you? Like, does that, this new identity that you've been wearing since you were four or whatever years old, is that like, is that really true? Like, and I started to kind of peel off some of the, all of these, these layers that I'm like, no, this is not working in my life. It's not serving me. It's not giving me what I want. It's actually keeping me from what I want. And it's not even true. And so I started to get closer and closer to what was true. And um, I think that that was kind of the like uncovering of the like the sense of worth and enoughness that's underneath all of it. Like the, my true authentic whole self was under all of that. Yeah. And, and just peeling all of that off is everything that wasn't love. Mm-hmm it was what finally would allowed me to like start to get a crack in that shell and like light started pouring through. And once I knew that was there, it was like, okay, like I want to strip all this off. Yeah. Once you, once you see it, it's like, there's no reason to hold on to any of it. Right. Like once you really, once you really understand uh -huh. that clearly, it's like, well, what am I even holding on to it? I might as well just let it all go. Yeah. And you, t and it's, Another thing I tell people about with your program is, like I said, how I started this conversation with, I, I'm obsessed with like personal growth and like 
I have always loved it. I've always been fascinated with why people do what they do and behavior and um, just super fascinated by all of that stuff. And so I have all the knowledge, like I've read all the books, like of how to love yourself or like, you know, how to get out of a painful relationship or, you know, how to deal with a narcissist or I, I know the like intellectually all of these things. And yet I could not create the change that I want in my life. I still like, I'm like, I still can't create this actually. And it was so frustrating for me to see that I was just repeating the same things over and over and over. And I'm like, why? I didn't even think something different was possible because I never experienced anything different, even though I wanted it really badly. And going through so much, uh, so many of the different processes of like, it's like, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, just let that stuff go. But if it were that easy, I would have done it already. I would have like, I would have read about that and done that like <laughs> a long time ago and not had my failed marriages. If that were, if it was just, it's not an intellectual thing. You actually teach how to do it and then apply it in a way that I never like actually got it. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I get it finally. And it just gave me like so, so much hope that, um, that's how like this, it really was like this transformation was applying these different methods and, and you walking us through how to let things go. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a little bit about that because I, I think there are a lot of people out there that say, well, I read books, I listen to podcasts, I study. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it sounds like you're saying like, there's, there's a distinct difference between doing something like this program and just kind of your self-study and, and learning and trying to do it all yourself. So can you tell us like what is the difference like how and i know it might be put into words but like what is the difference mm -hmm. uh i think i would say one is like you okay you know it on a sur surface level like you you understand the concept like intellectually you know what to do and then there's embodying it like you have become it like you have become the knowledge you 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 really know it because you've changed mm -hmm. and then it's wisdom. It's not just in intellectual words and a concept or a definition. It's wisdom because you are it. Yeah. Now you've embodied the lesson and that's how you know you've learned the lesson. You could read a book and make no change. You can understand the book and understand the words and not do anything different in your life and nothing different happens. You just keep doing the same thing. But you read one more book. It was like, I think uh, I've maybe mentioned this before, but the, that analogy of like, would you rather have a lifeguard that read every book known to man about how to swim or, you know, the kid that's never read a book about swimming, but swims. <laughs> like you want the one that knows how to swim that swims, like not the, the intellectual swim scholar, like to come and save you. Like I'll put my bet on the swimmer. Um, so actually going through it and, and, and also knowledge of someone who's gone through it to tell you, Hey, I've done this and it works. So try it and here's how to do it. And, um, and then just, yeah, applying, applying these ways, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So there's, e there's even more things in the, in the, in the program that are just so, so much deeper than like I said, a lot of other relationship coaches and what they offer that I think you can't skirt around it. You can, but then you're going to get exactly as deep as you go. 
So it, it, for what I was looking for, which was what I really want is just like, yeah, to be fully accepted and like a really intimate, vulnerable, honest connection that's super authentic. Like then I had to get really authentic and deep within myself and create that relationship with myself first. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with what you're saying and, you know, lifeguard, do you want one who read about swimming or knows how to swim? And, you uh -huh. know, these are like, uh, I'm, I'm so with you on it. And I want to ask, can you give any examples of processes in the program that created a, a like specific shift for you? Is there anything uh -huh. that stands out? Um, I think being connected with my feelings and uh, so when things happen, because they always do, even now, like, you know, things kind of might go awry or like not exactly what I wanted and you might feel anxious or scared or any of those things. And instead of um, just trying to distract myself, you know, um, like there's so many ways to do that, like get on social media or drink or go buy something or, you know, whatever it is to try to uh, sort of alleviate the, the discomfort of the feeling, like instead just feeling whatever it is, like just letting it and not being, not being afraid of it, but just seeing it more of just to information and, and honoring that. And again, that comes back to like honoring my own self and my own needs and saying, it's okay. It's okay to, if there's some sort of discord between reality and, and what you want, you know, like, let's pay attention to what that is and try to like, is there something we can do about this? And, or, or are you betraying yourself again in some kind of way? Are you like, let's get back in alignment again. So not being afraid of feelings, but actually letting them be and um, actually kind of kind of getting excited about it because they help me to continually attune myself to my highest alignment, which is now what I work toward, you know, and be, to be continually honest with that authentic alignment. Um, and so they, they've, that's one thing that's really helped me to, in, in, and I use it every day, you know, there's every day, there's all kinds of feelings and things that happen in my body. And I don't hold on to things anymore. Like I used to, because they always come out like before I would do that. And then that's, you know, when I would behave weird in relationships or like, you know, react really, really strongly for any given situation. And it was really inappropriate if I think about what actually happened, you know, like, and then my reaction would be like really big. And it's because I wasn't like just feeling things as they came along. It was like the, all that built up resentment, like, oh my gosh, just as a volcano waiting to erupt in my marriages, for example. And and so I think there you're really touching on like how how this has contributed to real change in relationship. I know I know you said earlier mm -hmm. you said like when you embody it you change. Yeah. Like you can read about it and have all the knowledge, but when you embody it things change. And I think right now you're coming yeah. to what has changed in terms mm -hmm. of how you show up in relationships, how you relate, how you communicate, how and and all of that. Yeah. So. I'd love to hear a little bit about, cause I know since the program, you've had mm -hmm. a few relationships and they've all been mm -hmm. really good. 
And mm-hmm. so I'd love to hear a little bit about like, how have you been showing up in these relationships? What's been different for you? Um, I know there was one or two instances where you chose to actually, I don't want this relationship. I'd love to mm-hmm. hear what led you to that. So just, yeah, whatever you want to share about, you know, what's happened since the program and how this has been unfolding in your life. Mm-hmm. It's been so amazing. I just have to say, like, I sometimes think back and I actually just, I said, I mentioned that I was journaling every day and I stumbled across an old entry and it was from like the February, maybe it was like four or five months after my divorce. And I just was struggling so hard. Uh, and I just remember saying, I just don't even know why, why would my life even have meaning without a romantic interest in my life? Like, I, I really can't understand how anybody could ever even feel that way. And I just remember reading this and I, I could remember that. I felt that way. And I remembered that I struggled with it. But when you say like, you know, that embodiment, I am so different now. And I feel so detached from that version of myself that I just look back in amazement that that was ever me because I'm so different. And I think since the program, I've really kind of like with some, one of the things that you teach us is how to fall in love with ourselves and our life. And I started to express myself, my real self. And it was scary. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's, it was so scary, I but I, oh my gosh, I'm terrified, you know, but everything has changed since then. And I have created this beautiful relationship with my, myself, where I have become in tune with myself. I do know what I want now. I don't feel ashamed for wanting those things. I know that I'm worthy of those things now. And I appreciate my uniqueness and I, I do express these things out loud now. And what I noticed was like that my point of attraction or like the types of people that I was attracting were the people that were reflecting that back to me. So before I was attracting the bad boy, you know, like, oh, he looks good. Cause that's what I was trying to do was just look good all the time. So he looks great, but he's not nice to me. He's not actually what I want. And uh, we don't have a good relationship. It's not even it's awful. Actually, I have feel pain all the time. <laughs> and, um, instead, like I was, I, I have been attracting men that are seeing me and going, I like that. Like, yeah. I want more of that. Like, wow. Like, and I want to mm-hmm. jump in just real quick. Cause you're going somewhere really good. And, and I want to mm-hmm. hear all about it, but you said something a minute ago, that I want to check in with before we go there. Okay. So, because it was so powerful and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. You said that you found this journal entry and and you were saying that, you know, why would my life even matter without a romantic connection or like, Mm -hmm. what was it you said? Like, why would I have purpose or? Like, how could my life carry any meaning? Yeah. Without a romantic relationship? What's the point of life? Yeah. And I think so many, I mean, I know that's something I've felt, right? And I think so uh-huh. many people feel that way. It's like, if I don't, if I don't have someone else here validating me, loving me, telling yes. me, like, uh-huh. do I even exist? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, what, I just, well, I just want to ask, like, yeah. what have, what conclusion have you come to about that? Like, how, <laughs> how have you resolved that? Yeah. Yeah. So what I, what I thought about with that was, when I, you know, the list that I found yesterday and I was reading the list right before we sat down right now and talked about it, like what makes me feel loved and valued, you know, and 
like just a few things. The first thing is the way someone looks at me, feeling like someone's curious about me and wants to know more about me, why I feel and think the way I do, who am I today, why, cares about my opinion, makes me feel like I'm a priority in their life, respects me, never wants to purposely hurt me or cause harm to me. I mean, the list goes on and on, but I just thought, wait, those are all things I didn't do to, for myself. Yes. So because of that, the reason why my life had no meaning before was because I needed a different person outside of me to constantly t make me feel like I'm worthy, that I'm lovable, that I'm enough, that I'm beautiful, that I, I am, res I, you know, honor to be honored and respected and cherished. And because I didn't feel like that about myself. So the only way I actually even felt like not invisible in the world was if I had that, that person, that outside person that was loving me because I didn't have the love within myself. But as soon as I was the, the wellspring of love, like that changed everything because then I didn't need another person or just any scrap of a human, regardless of how they were treating me to fulfill that meaning within me because I was doing it for myself. Yeah. What you're, what you're speaking into right now, I, I think is, is the ultimate goal. And it's, you know, every single person who comes through the program, this is exactly where I want to lead them mm -hmm. to is, is to where, you know, most of us, myself included. And, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's all of us because it's what we're taught. We're not taught anything. Yeah. Different, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us are constantly reaching outside of ourselves for love. Tell mm -hmm. me enough, validate me, show me I'm important, show me I matter, show me that my existence on this earth means something, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. and you called it being the wellspring of love, but it's mm -hmm. it's going from, you know, constantly reaching out for that to, mm -hmm. to it's coming from inside of me and I'm giving it to people. Right. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is that is the shift. And that's, mm -hmm. you know when you're bringing that and giving it to people, people want it. People are like, let me get yeah. something. Right? Yeah. And There's no pressure for the other person. They're not like, Oh my gosh, I have to be your world for you. I mean, no pressure, but can you just make me happy every single day? And you know, like, you know, never have a bad day. And just, can you fulfill all my desires and all of my insufficiencies and <laughs> like, you know, you and if you don't believe it about yourself, like that, that seeps out you know, people can feel that, like they feel that. And it's like, well, if you don't value you, why would I? Yep. So let's, let's go back to where we were now. Cause you were going somewhere mm -hmm. really good. And so you were talking about um, some of the men you've dated and, and just, mm -hmm. yeah, let's, let's pick back up there. Yeah. So because I felt like this worthy place, like the shift that you talk about, like I felt so much more like in tune with myself. So now I know like what I want, what I'm looking for. I I'm in love with myself. I'm in love with my life because all these magical things are happening now. And I'm actually expressing myself in the world and following things that I really love. And then I'm passionate about, and I'm getting very positive feedback about it. You know, so all of the, that old blueprint that I had when I was little was starting to crumble, crumble away. And it was like, Oh wait, all this stuff is not true. Actually. Like I, I can be myself. And ask for what I, what I want. And I got much more clarity on what it was that I was looking for. So I started to attract these men that were good guys, like that were much healthier. Um, you, you have an interview series that 
is offered at the program and it's uh, the why why men fall in love mm-hmm. and it was 20 or 21 year, uh, guys that you interviewed and that was really helpful for me to see like even what a healthy man looked like that that's what I took from that I needed to see example after example after example to realize wow my my bar was really low like before um I didn't know this was possible you know so I started to attract men like that you know that um were able to be vulnerable and stable and kind and but then I became more selective um so I not in a way that I not only like did I want it for myself authentically to have something more in line with my greater vision for what I was looking for for this long-term love but also for them like when I said I thought I really thought a lot about my marriages and how I was not being fair you know I could I, I could have played that victim role but I look back and I was like you know what didn't really like them they weren't actually really what I wanted I just desperately needed their approval so badly that I wasn't willing to admit that I couldn't let that go let them go and so if when I start to see okay you're going to need to sacrifice yourself in order to stay in this relationship. I recognize now that that's not fair. That's not going to work over time. And so I, I feel like empowered enough now to know that if I let that go and I did do that with one of my relationships and it was difficult because there were so many good things. And from where I came from, like it could easily, people could have easily looked and gone like, wow, you, you really hit the jackpot, you know, and in many ways I did, but that there were these, you know, and, and they were all with me having to be a little bit smaller in areas of my life that I wasn't wanting to squish anymore. And so I did end that relationship. Um, and so another huge piece of like wisdom that I feel like I've taken from the Inspired Love Program is to to be okay, like knowing that if I let something go, something better is going to, is coming my way. Mm-hmm that I, I believe there's always like love trying to get in all all around and that if we don't cling on to things and that's what's actually blocking it what we're supposed to have you know um and and I want to just say something because I, I remember when you did that I, I remember you and I had a conversation about it because we were so happy you were like you know I'm, I'm in this great relationship it's going so well and, and then and then you're, you started saying like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, and there were certain things that were happening that were out of alignment with your values. And, and I remember mm-hmm. having this conversation and then, and I was so proud of you when you actually made the decision, like, this is not what I want. And I think that's, that's almost like a rite of passage, I think in and of itself, right. Where it's like, you've spent your whole life clinging to relationships yeah and then, and, and you know, to actually find yourself in a place where you can confidently say like, I can walk away from this and I will be okay. That's like yeah. its own level of power that I think is very foreign for some people. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I never would have thought in a million years, if you would have talked to me, like the girl that wrote the journal entry about like, you know, like life has no meaning. I meant that life has no meaning. There's no point to life if I'm not with somebody. And I, I, since 14 years old, I was always in a relationship. Like that is important to note. Like I always went from one relationship to the next relationship. Um, I need, I had to have one in my life. I could not be alone. And that, uh, so that just, I, I can't believe that I did that, mm-hmm. that I was able, and I really did 
I mean, I mourned, you know, like, and I, I grieved, but I also like, wasn't doing the fantasy thing that I used to do. Right. Um, I was seeing things as they actually were and accepting the person, you know, for who they are and what's actually happening. And even if it's not like, okay, yeah, this stinks. Like, this isn't really what I wanted, or it's not like how I wanted things to go, but this is what's going on. So let's make a good decision here for both of us um, and get real and be honest about it. And that I'm not trying to change people anymore. That is, that is just super, super powerful. And, and I love that. So I know, um, well, I do want to talk about the guy you're seeing now, but before we get there, there was, there was something you said earlier. And um, I just, I, I want to come back to it because you talked about how you started following your passion. You started really being true to yourself. You started expressing yourself authentically and how scary and uncomfortable and challenging that was. And I, I, uh -huh. I'd love it if you could give a few examples of what that looked like, because I, I think some people, they might not even really know, like, what does it really uh -huh. look like to do that? Right. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I went through a stage after high school where I traveled, I backpacked, I was like a cultural anthropology major, and <laughs> I like traveled all around the world. And I think I, at that time, I felt the most alive. Um, and then I got wrapped up in my marriage, my first marriage, and I came home and started having kids. And I just did what I thought on paper, I was like, was a normal, like white things to do. And obviously traveling the world didn't seem like that was appropriate anymore. So I put, put all that aside. And I've always had this like draw to like mysticism and everything from like the paranormal and spiritual things. Um, and just the mystery of the intangible and like the, the possibilities that could exist. Um, and I was always fascinated by that anything in that kind of realm. And, but I, I didn't grow up in a religious household. I didn't have any of that background and I didn't know anyone or talk to anyone about any of these types of concepts. So I, it, that is the, one of the biggest things that I have really embraced and enjoyed so much that it just brings me like, just I like a little, I feel like a little kid, like giggling to go to my like little healing room that I have with all my crystals and my tarot cards and my Oracle cards and um, just getting connected with something more powerful and bigger than myself and creating that relationship spiritually. Um, I got Reiki certified and I've, I've been doing massage for a long, long time. So I continued to do that. Um, but offering offering that um, to other people, especially like the Reiki. And that was the, one of the biggest things that I was really scared, especially, you know, I do live in a more conservative rural town. I don't know anyone. Well, I, I, I know a handful of people now have a small like community here that, you know, are Reiki practitioners or kind of under, understand and believe in those concepts, but it was still very scary for me to tell people that I know Hey, I'm doing this. And, um, and so I really challenged myself to express myself like that and to be open and honest. And I, I started a social media account, an Instagram account before that I did not even do social media. Like, I mean, I had a, a Facebook account, but I just, I didn't really uh, practice or like go on there, like kind of avoided it really. Um, so that was like, that was a, a purposeful step that I did to put myself out there. And 
be try to be brave and start to be myself. Like it was something that I was um, just yeah purposeful about. Like I'm gonna do this, and it's really really scary, but it was very well received, and I just gained more and more confidence as time went on. Yeah. And I remember you sharing with me, and I, I just, I love bringing this up because you're not the only person this has happened to. This has happened to several people I've coached actually, but you started posting on Instagram authentically mm-hmm. being yourself, which was a little bit of a stretch for you, you know, like it was yeah. comfortable for mm-hmm. you and you did it and guys actually started reaching out to you based on that, right? Yes. And I I was like, it's the coolest thing in the whole world. Because I remember after my divorce, I just thought, you know, I've been living here for 15 years. And I, I, I'm like, I don't know, I, I, I I don't, I I tried online dating. And I, I've I've had success in in the past as well with online dating. So I I don't want to talk badly about it. But it wasn't really what I was wanting to do. Um, but I really wanted to organically meet somebody, but I just thought like, yeah, here I am single mom, four kids. Like, how is this going to happen for me? <laughs> like, am I going to like start going out again? Like, outside, like I, I don't know even how to begin here. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, think it's just like really beautiful that when I, when you're just being yourself, like I could have been like, say, for example, going like, I don't know, like love yoga and go to the yoga studio every day. And I, I could have opened myself to like meet someone there, for example, or just these like-minded people that are like seeing me just loving my life and enjoying my life and um, exuding that out out of me. And so that's how it happened. Like that's how actually the last two, my current um, relationship and then a really, really beautiful connection that I'd made prior to this one was were people that were just engaging with me and I love to have conversations and philosophical conversations like like kind of like what we're having (laughs) so that's kind of how it started but it was just a really natural um and like I said it just made me have this like sense of trust and excitement because they were giving me positive feedback on me like of my true authentic self so Versus something you were pretending to be, right? Yeah. Yes. That I'm like, oh, I could do this. But like, oh my gosh, this is like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Like, just be this sort of fake version of me? Like, this doesn't sound fun. And this is going to blow up in my face at some point. Like, I'm not going to be able to keep this up at some point. You know, instead, it was like such a really nice start. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind everybody, this is in a small town in Indiana, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, you know, so many people are like, I can't meet anyone in my town. I live in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. how many guys have you attracted in your towns? Like, I mean, what, like three yeah. since you graduated the program? Oh, yeah. I've had lots of different opportunities um, yeah. come to me, you know, since, since the program. And it's like now I really feel like I, I, I can be so selective, you know, I, I don't, I don't need anything. I feel like satisfied with myself. So if, if something, if someone comes along that I feel like is an, an enhancement, you know, or kind of like ornaments, like my already really great life and, and like that, I, I could authentically offer what they're looking for too, that there's compatibility there. It's not just, you know, it's a two-way street. So just me fulfilling whatever they want, but I still want them to get what they want too. I, I want it to be balanced yeah. now. And I, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important, you know, because I think people can 
get thrown one way or the other, right? Focused on what I want or focused mm -hmm. on what the other person wants, but it, it really is. No, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. attuned to my own needs and I'm attuned to the needs mm -hmm. of the relationship and I'm, and I'm finding a way to, to meet both. And, and if I, if I can't meet mm -hmm. both, this isn't a fit. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it's and, and so many people are like, you know, it's not a fit, but they're fighting and clinging and forcing and pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed too, like in the beginning of these, the most recent relationships, you know, as I've been practicing like different ways of relating to them and being so open and real is having these conversations really early on, like that I never would have done in the past. Like I never would have said like, oh, also, by the way, I really want to be married, you know, and I'll like, I'll, I'll say in this relationship that I'm in now, um, this is a conversation that we've had and he's unsure. Um, you know, he's got, he's recently gone through a divorce and I can, I have total, it's okay. Like that he feels that way, that he's not sure if he wants to be married again, but the difference of like the old me versus the, the new me is that the old me would have heard that and then thought either, well, first of all, I'm not going to say what I want because that'll scare him away. And I don't want him to end the relationship, even though I know I want to be married and he may not want to be married. And I, and I'm betraying myself and betraying what I really want, like a really deep rooted wish for myself. Um, but I'm not going to say anything or like have the, create this fantasy that I'll just prove myself enough. Like I will just be everything he's looking for and he'll fall deeply and madly in love with me. And I know he says this now, but he will change. <laughs> he will, will want to marry me and I, and I will get what I want, but it'll be through manipulation. Yeah. Like, and force that I will get what I want. Like, but in, instead, like I, I let him know like, Hey, just so you know, like, I understand that you're, you're healing and you're processing everything that happened to you. And, you know, I, I want you to know that I do want to be married, but I, that's something that's really important to me. And I, I want that for myself and my kids. And if, you know, and I want to give you time to process all of this, but if you do come to the conclusion that that's not something that you're looking for, I just ask that you please be honest with me and, you know, so that I have the opportunity to have that in my life and, and you can have the type of relationship that you're looking for. So from the get go, it's kind of like creating this understanding that, you know, let's try to build something together, but. I don't want to cling on to something that's not right. I'm not doing that anymore. Like I refuse to do that. And I mean, what you're demonstrating right here is just such a, like the word that's coming to me is adult, you know, it's just like so mature and adult and, and like it's because, and, and I say that because a lot of the way we relate in relationships is we relate like children, you know, and yeah you've yeah. really you've really stepped into your you know adult here and like no i'm going to handle this like an adult i'm going to call out the elephant <laughs> in the room we're going to talk about mm -hmm. it we're gonna deal with the difficult realities of the situation yeah like i mean mm -hmm. i know how like scary and uncomfortable like i mean this is hard stuff to do so mm -hmm. <laughs> there are a few things i want to ask here but um maybe just start with like how have you been dealing with the challenge of all of this? Like, I mean, it, I assume it hasn't mm -hmm. been easy for you. I've got to say something for all the women out there because as you were, when, when you're saying it's so adult and everything, and I just think back to my, the previous, my previous self, like 
how I would have done anything at all costs to maintain relationship, even if I was being treated so badly, like really badly, I would have just done whatever it took to keep the relationship. And back then I would have thought like, oh my gosh, if I say what I'm looking for, or if I, you know, especially if they're like, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, I do. Like, I never would have done that. That I, I would have thought that would have been the biggest bomb I could throw. Mm-hmm. Like that would have just ruined the whole thing. And what I want everyone to know, all the women out there that feel like that is actually like, so the people that are like actual adults back, you know, that are, are of like a higher valued like feel of high value themselves. Like they respect that. They, it's actually really attractive. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's the feedback I've gotten is that like, wow, like you are someone that stands by yourself and your worth and your value. And you have your own hopes and dreams and you're going after what you're, you want and you expect good things. And, you know, you, you're willing to voice these things and stand by them and, I, I have found that men find that to be like wildly attractive. So well, it's actually the opposite say, of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And, and as a man, like what it, what it does is it, it makes you real, right? Like versus just being the object of desire. <laughs> it's like, no, you have dimension, you have reality there. There's depth. Mm. It's like, and I think it's such a mistake to withhold that because you just end up becoming this empty blank thing that like, you know, yeah, it's like the, tr- the trophy white thing, you know what I mean? Or just like, yeah, you look good. You're like, uh, but there's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. You're just a, uh, you know, a pick me girl, you know, and you know, you, you don't want to rock the boat and you, yeah, there's no depth there. There's like you said, there's no vuln- There's no vulnerabilities. So I wanted a vulnerable relationship, but I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. That doesn't work that way. Like, so that's. I was going to ask, how soon did you bring this up? I'm curious, like in, into dating him, how, how early on did you tell him? Like probably within a couple weeks. I mean, very early. Like, it wasn't like, I'm like, I really got to pin this guy down first before I (laughs) tell him this. Like, I, I really like approach things so differently. Like, it's almost like, uh, not like I feel like time is running out or anything like that. It's just that I don't, I'm not worried. What I wanted to say was like, like if I, if I say what I want and, and they say, no, thanks. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. Well, okay. That's fine. Like that just makes, again, that makes space. And I trust that something better is supposed to, to be there, but that wasn't it. Like that wasn't it. So I'd rather it happen earlier than invest a bunch of time and then it happen later. Mm-hmm. So, so that the things that I know that are really, really important to me as I like get to know somebody now when I'm dating, you know, I, I ask tougher questions and like more in-depth questions and I let them know where I stand and what I'm looking for. And I'm not afraid to do that early on. Like I used to be, like, I would never have done that. I would have been like, oh, I want to be like, just the cool girl that's just like lighthearted and easy. And I want them to think that they, you know, I'm not going to threaten anything that they need and want. And so I just, I just didn't do that before. I was just too scared. Yeah. So 
I just kind of want to open-endedly ask you like anything else you want to share about this relationship. I know the two of you have been having like some big talks and, and, you know, like really, mm -hmm. really you know, working yeah. through some stuff. So just anything mm -hmm. you've learned from that or anything you want, mm -hmm. like anything at all you, you feel like is worth sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to, I, I, so, so far, like I, you mentioned like driftwood, like an analogy of driftwood and different relationships, like passing through your life and in each one, you know, but, when you're not clinging to them and you just let them be what they are. Like, I feel like when I look back, each one was like a little bit getting closer and closer and closer to the type of person, the type of relationship, the type of dynamic that I wanted. And we just keep getting better and better and better. And so this person that I'm seeing now is like the best of the best that I've ever experienced. And also just has been breaking through so many um, of things that I just didn't think were possible for me as far as like his ability to um, let me be me completely, you know, and, and when we do have hard conversations, like instead of trying to, you know, we try, try to actually go, what do we want out of this? Like, what, where are we going? Like, what's the solution that we're both looking for? And are we on track with that? Or are we just trying to be right or something like that? And so I feel like we have really, the, the conflict that we have is actually really constructive conflict that's creating a foundation and we're able to talk about the future together um, and we have a lot of similar passions and things that we really enjoy and I would say like I just I have always felt like I don't need it but I feel pulled like it's a different feeling and I'm not trying to force anything with him um, I, I will say that I feel like this more, this more empowered version of myself actually like triggers maybe some anxiety in him, which I think only shows that this transformation that I, I feel like I have made and embodied since your program, it's, it is an unusual one. Mm -hmm. I, it is not, it's not a typical way I think of being and, and feeling and interacting with another person and so it's when you feel like you can unapologetically truly just be yourself and be loving and it's unfortunately I think it's a rare thing to feel worthy and to feel like to to start to heal those things within you or start to crumble your own blueprint it's not it's not a common thing but I think that's why it's so attractive mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just share uh because what you're describing is very much how my wife showed up when I met her. And, and I think mm -hmm. largely I should really give my wife a lot of credit because without, without directly doing it, I think she created a lot of this, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. what, you know, the, um, the, the work we're doing, I, I think she's behind mm -hmm. a lot of it because she did represent to me something I had never really seen before, you know, in all my relationships and all the people I dated and, you know, I had, I had never really met someone who showed up the way you're describing. It was, mm -hmm. I just had never seen it before. And, mm -hmm. and when I saw that in my wife, it was like, this is an amazing person. Like I would be mm -hmm. stupid to like, let this person get away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, and I want to yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like my, the, uh, like who I used to be attracted to like when I was in that proving place, 
um, was just all it was was just exterior everything like how because I, that's all I didn't feel good enough. So all I worried about was how keeping my mask up and you know, whatever that looked like. So I'm like, oh, well, this thing, this person fits the mask, like, I, I just need to prove to them that like, I'm worthy, you know, and I, so I was attracting people that could only reflect back to me how I felt about myself. And I felt so poorly about myself. And that's how they really felt about me too. Like, and, but what I realized is as I, as I went through your program and I really reconnected with my authentic self and I shed all those like layers that really weren't me, but I'd identified with for so long that were running my life and stripped off all the patterns and did all of that stuff. It's like the guy I'm dating now is someone who values himself. And I think this is so interesting that before, like, I would wish for this, like, knight in shining armor that was going to give my life all this meaning, that was going to be this awesome guy that was going to be strong and kind and gentle and loving and reciprocal and smart and interesting and all of these things. But he would want to be with me. And I didn't think any of those things about myself. (laughs) <laughs> but somehow he would fall in love with me, you know, and then I would, I'm right? sorry. I said you would trick him into doing it, right? Yes. I would trick him, put a spell on him, you know, trick him into wanting to be with me. And then he would make me feel like how he feels about himself. He would make me feel like that about myself, mm-hmm. but that doesn't work. Like, because guys like that, they, he could see the insecurity in me, like, or he would see like, well, you like, again, you don't hold value for yourself. You don't respect yourself. You don't honor yourself. That's not attractive to me because I want a woman who feels that way about herself, like, because that's how I feel about myself. So, so that's what's happening now as I, as I heal my own inner, inner wounds and reconnect with this like perfect whole part of myself and reflect that out into the world the people that don't see that or want to not treat me in a way that makes sense to me now with how I feel about myself, like are just super unattractive. Mm -hmm. It's like repelling. It's repulsive. Whereas before I was like, wait, no, wait, let me prove to you how great I am. Wait, you, you will love me. (laughs) Just wait and see. (laughs) And now I'm like, I don't, I don't want any part of it, you know? It's so true. When you, when you recognize your value, like just when you know it, right? You know your value, mm-hmm. you know what you're worth and somebody else doesn't recognize it. It's like, you disgust me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not know. like, oh, something's wrong with me. Let me work harder. It's like, no, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> something's clearly off with you because I'm awesome, you know, like, and if you're not seeing it, that's totally fine, but we can't hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a harsh judgment or an attack on the person mm-hmm. it is like, mm-hmm. you can't be a part of my life. Yes. There's no compatibility there. It doesn't make sense to you anymore. That doesn't, that, that does not make sense. But, but someone who, who sees that in you and validates that the true part of you is like, Oh, wow. That feels really, really good. This is, this is the start of something that has some like realness and longevity. And um, this is exciting. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, everything you've just really, everything you've shared has been so potent and I think so relatable for, for everyone. Um, is there anything else you feel like maybe we haven't touched on or you wanted to make sure we addressed when we talked today? Mm-hmm. I would just, I, I just want people to not be afraid to ask for help. You know, like I, I just, I could not have done any of these things without the, 
the guidance without that that program without just going, okay, I'm done reading the books and all the podcasts and all of this. Like I had to get real with myself and go, this isn't working. It's not, it's process. It doesn't matter how frustrating it is or like I, uh, it's just not working for me. And I believe in the inspired love program so much because it worked. Like it actually took things that I'm, could like I said intellectually understand but that I could understand to the degree that I started to apply them in my life and then I would just constantly be reinforced as my life changed and unfolded before my eyes I was like oh my gosh like wow this is incredible like this is just magical and I want that for I don't want any women to go or men to go through what I went through I want I want all people to be connected to this like inner love that they are and this light that they are and for people to show up as themselves and really invite in real, real love, you know, and I do think it starts with loving yourself and your program helped me to do it. And I, there's, I, I can't, I can't imagine like what I, the suffering I just would have had forever. And I also want to say as a mom, like for my kids, it, it it it's doing that for myself is like the best thing in the world I could do for my kids because them just seeing me like being myself and loving myself like kids are so intuitive they're so smart and if I could offer like I know I haven't done a good uh, the best job that I could do when I as I was abandoning myself and they were seeing that and they were seeing how I was treated and they were seeing what that looked like you know that that was shaping their blueprints you know, and I, and I couldn't have done it any differently. And I have compassion for myself. Um, but once you know better, you could do better. And I'm like, okay, it's time to work through this on myself. And, and I, because I want them to love themselves, you know, so I've taken all these things that I learned in the program and it's made me a better mom. And I teach my kids these concepts. Like, I wish we had this in kindergarten class, like <laughs> the things that you t- teach. It's a shame really but we live in this like this world of consumerism where they let you know like oh no you're a big big mess and you need all these products to be okay like you're actually lacking in every way you know like so buy this and this will solve all your problems instead of you know this place of wholeness and love and the opposite of all of that so it's so much bigger than finding a loving partner yeah it it really is you know when when you get it when you really understand what this is all about, the partner's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. It really it's just, sense. it's a natural like byproduct that will just, just happen. You know, it's just like you become a, like a love magnet because you are that you are radiating like the love that you have for yourself, like truly out in the world. And I think it, it just, I think everybody has this knowing deep down that that's what they are. And that's, And so when they see you being that, like they want to be around that, you know, because they really, there's this hunger for it within themselves and you give them that permission, you know, to be a little bit more of themselves. I hope that that's what happens. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so beautiful. And I I just want to say thank you for, you know, being on with me today and, you know, how, how vulnerable you've been, how honest you've been, how real you've been. I mean, 
I, I think it's worth saying that you've you've shared things today that a lot of people would never share, right? Like a, a lot of people would just be so ashamed that they couldn't they couldn't even be honest about these things. Mm-hmm. And I think even that is a huge testament to to who you are and how far you've come that you can own all of that. And I'm amazing. And what, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I, know. I want to be as vulnerable as possible because I felt very alone in that experience. And as I've come out of it and shared it more and more, you know, especially with women in my life, I see that this is a very common experience to have. And these ways of behaving in relationship when you don't feel good about yourself and these patterns that you can get yourself in and like things that are just, you're, you're blocking yourself and you don't even know how or why it's just, it's just the worst, most isolating place to be. It's miserable. And I, I just, I want to share that because I, I hope that women who are listening that are going through that right now can know that there is a whole nother world on the other side of that. I promise. And it's, it's amazing. It's it's unlike anything I, I could have ever, ever imagined would be possible for me. And I, I, I wouldn't, I can never go back. So I just, I don't mind being vulnerable because I, I hope it offers some hope. And, but, you know, it does require you to do something. And it does require you to shed everything that you know, which is a very scary scary thing if you really think about it everything that's kept you safe up to this part moment in your life that you've used to cope with pain Mm -hmm. and being having to be willing are you willing to let love in are you willing to transform are you willing to heal you have to be willing and it does it takes an incredible amount of courage you know it's it's so much easier to just procrastinate one more day Mm -hmm. um so thank you so much uh, again for being here for your uh, again your authenticity your vulnerability your honesty I, I think it's so powerful and I just I appreciate it so much um okay. yeah so so thank you and um I, I do want to I do just want to give a shout out um you can follow Reiki Rami on Instagram if you want to see her, her authentic <laughs> self out there and um and doing doing all the cool stuff she's doing and um yeah it's been um it's been wonderful having you on. You've shared just so much and it's so beautiful. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to know you and to, to have been a part of this journey, which, you know, you, you definitely did it. And, and I was grateful to be able to witness it and, and participate in it, but it was definitely you who did it. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for letting me be a part of it and for coming on to share your story today. Thank you, Shane. And thank you for what you do in the world. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at The Living Relationship, to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.